I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. 
Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I'm going to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. Scalpel. Scalpel. Tweezers. Tweezers. Ham sandwich. Ham what? Sandwich. I was going to eat lunch when I got my oil changed earlier, but take five is so fast I didn't have time. But sir, you can't eat during surgery. Eh, one bite won't hurt. Mm. Whoops. Uh, Napkin. Napkin! At Take 5, your oil change is faster than you think. Take 5, the stay-in-your-car 10-minute oil change. This is T. Willie. I'm once again talking with Miles Johnson. How are you doing today, and what great sales do you got at Foodland this week? Oh, well, I'm doing great. This week, we have two different sales going on. We have our normal week-long sale, and we also have our three-day truckload sale. Our week-long sale includes ground beef for $3.49 a pound, seedless grapes, $2.19 a pound, sweet potatoes, $0.99 cents a pound, Milo's Guarantee, 3 for 10, and Coca-Cola six-pack, uh, 3 for 10. And then in our three-day truckload sale, we have whole ribeyes, $5.99 a pound, baby back pork ribs, $3.49 a pound, beef ribs, $3.99 a pound, three-pound sweet onions, $2.99, and rice bacon, 40 ounces, $10.99. Thanks, Miles. That's amazing. Again, people need to check that out. You're located once again on West 7th Street, and you're open seven days a week, 7 a.m. till 9 p.m. Miles, thanks as always, and we'll talk to you next week as well. All righty. Thank you. Thank you, Miles. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Um, I think that Josh Heupel may not have the stars he had last year, but I think he has a team. As we used to say in the back in the day, I think he's got a squad, a salty squad. And uh, I'll take a salty squad at home uh, and take my chances over, you know, talent that's kind of, Hanging out there. Just material wise, Watson, who's got who's got a better club when you look at those two teams? I'll 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 start by saying it this way, Tony. Go back and look at the records of the great head coaches that lined up and played somebody just as good as them on a neutral side and see what their one loss record is. And if you study it close, yeah. it's very close to fifty fifty. It's very close. Now, their records, great coaches, is great because they played a bunch of people they were better than. But when they lined up in that two or three times a year and played somebody just as good as them, I don't think there's enough difference in the talent of the two teams. Tennessee's recruited well. These are two talented SEC football teams. There's a little bit more for A&M in one place here, and then there's more for Tennessee in here. I think playing at Knoxville makes a huge difference. I'm going to say to the Aggies, maybe all the way to 14 points, and that's high. 
But I don't think there's a big difference in the talent. So when you play somebody as good as you, you got to help. Oh, man, i got to open this thing up, y'all. Laura's not here today. What you're hearing is live radio as we speak on your Tony Basilio show because we're already into the program. It's already a You know, I looked up and I said, the lovely Miss L's not here. She's on assignment today. So we're going to have to start the show in three, in two, As of the weekend. and in. Brian had you talking over the deal today. Uh, the lovely Miss L's not here. She's going to get to hear it. Listen back to this train wreck at some point. John Adams is in the hunt and in the mix with us and in the mix and in the hunt. And we got about two and a half to play today because uh, we've got a little uh, little business to take care of this afternoon. So I hope folks will... Have some mercy on me. Have mercy on a Thursday. It's a great day to be alive and well. John Adams, on a Thursday, good morning. How you doing? I'm doing well, Tony. I wanted to do a follow-up on my last appearance. And by the way, good afternoon to you. How you doing? And good evening. How you doing? Just depends on when people are catching the show. But go ahead. I just wanted to... Oh, that that, thanks for confusing me a little bit. Yeah, I want to do a follow-up on her last show. When, right. uh, we are talking about Titans Bill's birthday party. Right. He, wa- he wants it in November. Right. I presented a, a proposition that right. what if you could, we had it in October, but we could get you a live appearance from Shirley Jones. Right. And he didn't want that, and I was stunned by that, but... Maybe thought I was kidding, but I have been working on connections with Shirley Jones people. My people are working with her people, and that is not out of the question. But he's still going to have to make the call October or his treasured birthday date. So the the choice for Bill is, do you want the possibility of Shirley Jones Uh or your November birthday? We're going to see how uh, dug in that clown is, and he is a clown. Um. (laughs) The concept of intangibles is an interesting one. And the power of love is a curious thing. Now, John had said something about a year and a half ago when the NIL era first began. He said, watch out for Tennessee. He said, you got a hungry fan base that wants to get back. It means everything to them. And don't, don't underestimate the power of that. He was right. You know, I, I think about, I was watching the Phillies last night, and I was telling my family this. Um, they don't sit down the whole game. But the reason they don't sit down the whole game is they've had 14 appearances in the history of their program in the postseason. In the history, like 125 years or whatever it is. So they understand that this is, like, very precious, like, to them. Whereas the Atlanta Braves are in the postseason every year. Their fans just sit down and watch a game. It's a totally different deal, totally different vibe. And we, in a lot of ways, with A&M coming in here, I'm going to tie this in, and then we're going to get into what Brian's question is, and I want to let Goldbrick start the show off today because I want to laugh at coaches and coach speak because there are some idiotic things that have been said this week. Um, and we'll bring Goldie up here momentarily. But, John, I, I look at this matchup with A&M, and I, I, we've had guest after guest after guest on this week. You know, We've really drilled down on this thing. I think A&M's got a better football team in the Vols. I think they have more more players. But A&M can't win on the road. 
Tennessee has a huge advantage in coaching in this game. Huge advantage, in my opinion. Um, the quarterback play is kind of a wash. But the, the, big, the big card here, though, is that the game is in Neyland Stadium. And A&M, Brian, give him the numbers on A&M in terms of just how ridiculous, and, and just remind us how ridiculous all this is on A&M's standpoint, to have the talent they have and just not be able to play on the road. Yeah, they've lost seven straight games on the road dating back to 2021 where they beat Missouri. And that's in the conference. That's at Miami. While the Vols have won 12 straight at Neyland. John, what do you think is going on there with uh, Jimbo, the whole deal? This whole, I mean, that's got to be coaching malpractice. Go on the road at Miami and let that team blow you out when A&M has the team they have? Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and you don't want to, on your resume, I got out coached by Mario Cristobal either, not not after last weekend in that uh, awful loss to Georgia Tech in the final stupid moments. Uh, when, when Texas A&M hired Jimbo Fisher, I thought, Daggies are going to win a national championship. This guy's a proven coach, won a national title at Florida State, out coached Gus Malzahn in that championship game. Granted, he did have Jameis Winston on his side, but quarterback. But this isn't the same Jimbo. He's done an awful job at Texas A&M. And it, I, don't understand, I don't see how the fans can stand it. I, I think he'll be fired at the end of this season. Um, because what else can you point it to? A&M has, they have the stadium, they have facilities, they they have the talent base for recruiting. They have a passionate fan base. Everything it takes to win big. Right. And and it's just plodding along. Think about it this way. If you look at the SEC West, just take one division. Yep. Let's eliminate Zach Arnett, uh, first-year coach at Mississippi State, right. struggling. No chance. He, he's just starting out. You can't yeah, no him. chance, right. Mm-hmm. Is there any other co- – is Jimbo better than any other coach in the SEC West? He's not better than Brian Kelly. He's not better no. than Nick Saban. He's no. not better than Lane Kiffin. No. He's not better than Hugh Freeze. No. M- maybe you can say he's better than Sam Pittman. John, I'm to the point looking at him, and this might come back to bite me after this week, but I'm calling it like it is, and I, we call balls and strikes on here as best we can. And I'm not, I'm not, this is not like, I'm not screaming A. Smith in here trying to get a reaction out of people. I'm just calling it like it is. If the guy doesn't have Jameis Winston, I'm not sure he's a head coach right now. He, he left Florida State with the worst offensive line I've ever seen the year after he left. Are you including this year's South Carolina offensive line? Well, that's a good point. Yeah. Okay. But the I, intangibles no, I, here, I, the intangibles versus the talent, John. We park on this game, and, and somehow, somehow... I can't figure out how to feel about this game because I think they're better in Tennessee. Look, if you gave Josh Heupel their roster and gave him a summer, he would smash this Tennessee team. I believe that. But even on the road, I, I just believe that. But the deal is, this is A&M. All that recruiting hardware they have, those great wide receivers they have, that great defensive line they have, that terrific young linebacking core that they possess – 
and somehow they're going to find a way not to get it done in Knoxville. I, I just believe that. It's and it's going to be intangibles. It's going to be the stadium. I, I, yeah, the intangibles just pile up against Texas A&M. And we talked about this last week. Was it better for better for Tennessee if A&M lost or won? And yeah. It, if A&M lost or won against Alabama, and that was a debatable point. You could go either way on it. My thinking was, because of A&M's history, that a loss to Alabama would be deflating, and these guys would just kind of be going through the motions the rest of the season. Because A&M, if it beats Alabama, it's the clear front runner in the SEC yep. West. Yep. You can't deny that. Forget all its history. But it just... The, you're talking about talent. Was there really any talent disparity between Alabama and Texas A&M? Not that I saw. I mean, you, I, you tell I know me. Was, I know A&M was playing with a backup quarterback, Max Johnson, but he's not your typical backup quarterback. He won in the swamp as a freshman in his first college start against LA, uh, against sixth-ranked LSU yep. a few years ago. Uh, he's a good quarterback. He just happens to be a backup. So I can't put it all on him, but he and him just wilted and and Jimbo Fisher fourth and one on the forty five late in the third quarter. I'm not one of these guys that always says go for it, but in that situation, in that environment, mm. take a shot. And he didn't. Mm. It was just like, oh well, what's Bino, the big deal? But you know what? Bino made a great point on Monday. Bino will be with me tomorrow. Calhoun's on the river. John's going to come down for Tony Vall's uh, birthday celebration. I hope Tony comes to his birthday celebration. I need to email him and shore that up or text him and shore that up today. But um, we're going to be at Calhoun's on the river tomorrow. John liked how I pinned Tony down last week and just told Tony, you're, you're coming to the deal. And I mean, what's he going to say live on the air? I, I, Tony, no, I'm I not going to be there. I like the way you manipulated him. I, I didn't think it was appropriate, but it was strong manipulation right, let me, on your part. Let me bring Goldbrick Joe in because we're at the midway season, and the midway season is when these coaches start losing their minds when they go to the media because this is the season where these guys start hearing and feeling the heat, and, and the heat makes people crazy, you know, going crazy from the heat. I mean, people start losing their minds. Uh, and Goldbrick, Joe, what is, uh, and we're bringing Goldie in as kind of an invited guest today because he called me with some of this stuff today. Now, he heard some of this on, from SEC Miguel's podcast. I want to, um, go ahead and get out there that John Adams has a great podcast with Blake Topmeyer. John, go ahead and promote that. You guys just dropped a new episode. Uh, yeah, we usually, we usually record it on, uh, Monday, SEC Unfiltered. Don't tell uh, people when you record it. I do that. It, it keeps yeah. it fresher. You gotta, I gotta walk you through this. Don't, you, you recorded it this morning. It's always no. fresh. Yeah. We, we recorded on Monday no. afternoon. No, it no, goes no. up on our website the next day. Blake told me Wednesday. Okay. Then I'm lying. On. Okay. He, he runs the show. I'm just a hired I mean, what do you know? Right. Trying to get by. Goldie, uh, this is the time of the year when people lose their minds. Let's go to exhibit. What's exhibit 1A on this? We'll do exhibit 1A, exhibit 1B, exhibit 1C. I believe we have three of them. John, I want you to res- John, I want you to respond to some of this stuff cuz John and I love these coaches and just that whole profession full of morons. But go ahead. 
Well, it, it might be like the same day that I don't know this for sure, but that Blake and, and Don record their uh, podcast on Toughness Tuesday, as Eli Drinkwitz has dubbed Tuesdays there where they practice on it's it's even tougher on Tuesday, so evidently Tuesday's the toughest day. So John, he came out to LSU to the loss to LSU and he said we I'm here to report yesterday on the teleconference that we had a great toughness Tuesday. Now, I mean I, I don't know. Like what do you do? Do you feed your guys like wings Wednesday? Every everybody Thursday. in college football practice is it's last really hard practice. It's hardest practice is on Tuesday during the season. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what that has to do with anything. Uh, you needed some of that toughness after you had a twenty-two-seven lead. You had to. You needed some toughness on defense and. The way Missouri was playing defense, I thought Steve Wilkes had returned to coordinate the bunch. <laughs> I mean, they were playing like I was looking for bumper pool out there because they were like playing I, bumper I cars. I, I really thought there was a chance LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels yeah. might just keel over from exhaustion. He was running for so many yards. It looked like if they play that way against Tennessee with Tennessee's running game, two Vols will go over 200 yards in that game. Rushing. Wow. It was unbelievable. Uh, toughness Tuesday, though. That, toughness that Tuesday. That makes up for it, right? Okay. Hey, man. That's right. That's right. So, Toughness Tuesday. Okay, now the next one is? Well, Napier has just been firing them off left and right down there in Florida. And this is probably your your uh, your sign that it's just not going to work out for Napier and uh, Old Sun Belt Billy down there. So, he was talking, and, and I don't have the direct quote, but uh, it, it's something along the lines of basically – Building a program is like going up the mountain, and you get it fifty percent up the mountain. Well, everybody kind of does that. Everybody kind of gets up there, and then there's a few people that get seventy five percent up the mountain. But it's just that other part where you have to go up and fight through the elements and the thin air and the and the things. And if you fall down, you fall all the way back down to the bottom. And this goes on probably for a couple minutes about climbing a mountain and how hard it is and how many people can climb a mountain, but it's how high you climb. And he talks about, John, when you get up there, you get the clouds and you start getting a little lightheaded. Uh-huh. Uh, I hate to break it to Billy, but he's already in thin air and on thin ice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, hate to, I hate to spoil that climb. It makes me wonder if he's been. T- is, did he have a phone conversation with Butch Jones about climbing mountains? What intent chance does he have of seeing that great he freshman does. class and coaching that freshman class? Go ahead, Brian. Yeah, did, going back to Toughness Tuesday, did yeah. that include wearing Crocs to practice? <laughs> <laughs> Eli Drinkowitz is um, highly off putting. And if his defense tackles the way they tackled the other day, they will lose. Tennessee will rush for 500 yards on them in their building. I'm telling you right now. You had to see the second half of that game. It looked like touch football. Both teams. Two-hand touch tackle football. And then Napier, one of my other favorite things he said, and this was was on his his recent Monday teleconference, I believe it was. It was talking about how they're really uh, focusing on getting to bed early. And I think you'd mentioned that, I think, maybe yesterday or something like that. But he's like, yeah, we're really going to focus on getting some good sleep schedule there on Wednesday and uh, and really get the day, get get things prepared and, and talking about basically because 
talking about how they've struggled on the road and what they're going to do differently. And so sleeping differently is going to be their, their big their next uh, idea for maybe having better road success. Gold Brick Joe's What They Said segment on Thursday is a new uh, it is a new feature here on this program. I'm enjoying this. So John, I love this segment. Yes, yeah, Sleep Wednesday. John, you got to get a good night's sleep on Wednesday. You got Toughness Tuesday. Sleep Wednesday. You just got you got to roll with it here. There you go. That that confirms what my initial thought that that he's Billy Napier has been talking to Butch Jones. Yep. How desperate is that? Because if you remember when Butch Jones here, he gave an entire press conference just about on the sleep studies they did with all their yep. players. Butch Jones okay. used to have a huh? well, they would yeah, drive he had a sleep around. Coach, didn't he? They would. He had a sleep coach. They would drive around and bring shakes to people at their um, like uh, when they were at class. They would drive around. They had like Meals on Wheels. On campus, I don't think Leroy was driving for him, but they would have meals on wheels, and they would drive up and bring the kids shakes and stuff. I mean, you talk Man. about having too much money. These athletic departments having too much money to spend. That could be a sign you've got too much money to spend. I tell you what, uh, as far as sleep goes, I thought those Oregon Ducks, when uh, Butch Jones took his team out there, they put Tennessee to sleep. They are lucky Tennessee didn't score 80 in that game. But, yeah, he had sleep coaches but not enough football coaches. But Interesting. Billy Napier, I mean, this is reeks of desperation. And, again, we pointed it out before, when you look at next season's schedule for Florida, oh. I mean, Nick Saban would be screaming about that. But Billy Napier and this Gator team, it's gonna be, his freshman class, I don't care how good it is, is not going to help him enough to get through that schedule with Miami, Central Florida, Florida State. And then go into the SEC and play Tennessee and Texas and Georgia? No way. You know, John, I'm, I'm looking at, like, and, and in the immediate future, he's got to navigate through this season with a not-so-good football team. And when you go on the road the way they did at Kentucky and give one back, this league can be very unforgiving because up next, in a couple of days, they are at, none other than Frankie J.R. and South Carolina, <laughs> who have their own issues. Frankie J.R. and South Carolina have their own issues. And the last time I checked, Frankie J.R.'s team, I thought Florida was favored in that game, but I think South Carolina, is South Carolina favored in that game, Brian? Yes. yes. South Carolina's like favored yeah, by two game. and a half. There you go. Sunbelt Billy's pretty good, though. Some belt Billy's pretty good as a as an underdog, so I, I you might want to stay away from that one. Some belt Billy's pretty good as a dog. Now, was he a dog he, at Kentucky, or was he, or were they favored in that game? Do you guys remember? Does anybody remember? I think Kentucky was favored. I think Kentucky was favored like by maybe two points. Didn't work out too well there. Buyer beware. Didn't work out too well there. In the Sun Belt, he was pretty good as a dog. In the SEC, so the SEC is just a different. It's like a different animal, John. You can throw all that stuff out when you play in this league. Well, uh, I'll just say this much: Don't sleep on Billy in the Florida Gators in the second <laughs> half of the season. At least on a Wednesday night. Okay, so that leads us to John's favorite, Frankie Jr., who you know, Matt Dixon on Garzala Fifth Quarter Fan Reaction at a great line. He said that goofball is going to go back to Columbia with a smile on his face all night, thinking he won the game because he faked a punt, and it worked to his wide receiver who was out there uncovered. It was a nice play, 
and then they kept their punter in on the next down and forced Tennessee into a timeout. And in some about Billy's world, that's a dub. That's a W. That's a W. So. Give me the latest, the latest and greatest from over there at Columbia with Sunbelt Billy. You call him Sunbelt Billy? That's the that's old. Shame. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Who am I talking about? Frankie Jr. Yeah, you I'm confusing my. Too. I'm confusing my but, buffoons. Who would you rather have as your coach right now? Between that's the two, uh, let's just flip a coin. Okay. Some yeah, of these guys, I have no idea how they get there. I just have no. Was Beamer even when they got him? Was he even a coordinator, John, or was he like a uh, Dabo Swinney? That's what I thought. He was a Dabo Swinney yeah. type hire, yeah. uh, kind of a personality. Yeah. Okay. Nice guy. People that were here around him and people in the community that know him tell me really, really good fella. But go ahead. Yeah. Um, yeah. You were gonna say, John? Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying he's got more personality than than Billy Napier. Yes. And but that's from his Amish upbringing, Billy's Amish upbringing. And, and, he's, and I've never heard him talk about climbing a mountain. Maybe he has in private with his players, but yes. I've never heard that in a public forum. And he never will appear on TikTok saying Hillary, whatever that, what is the nursery rhyme? Is it Hickory Dickory Dock? Hickory Dickory Dock something. Dabo Swinney, Dabo Swinney is on TikTok. That's what he did. And then he had the... Clemson gloves, and he went like that. And Dabo Swinney, I despise him. Uh, but go ahead. What is the latest from Frankie Jr. and South Kakalaki? Well, he just wants everybody to know that essentially uh, South Carolina is the best three-loss team in the country right now. And the, wow. uh, nobody's nobody is more excited and more pumped up about the direction of their program and the state of the program there at South Carolina, it's not on the decline, but it's actually on the incline. It's going up. And, uh, the, basically what he's done the first two years was, was, was way better than the prognosticators that, uh, had thought that they were going to be on the, you know, you're supposed to just go to nine and 10 wins in the third year, but you know, that doesn't the way it always works out. And, uh, the high school juniors and seniors are really excited about the direction of the program. <laughs> you like well, it, John? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's reminiscent of uh, Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee when he said after just getting <laughs> pounded by the Crimson Tide, he said, we're closing the gap on Alabama. And uh, he was so goofy that people just said, oh, well, that's just Jeremy Pruitt's world. But uh, the thing about what I like about Frank Be- Frank Beamer is uh, no matter what when you look at him on the sidelines yeah. he's kind of got that cocky smart to him he does I mean yeah. it, it even though I mean South Carolina could be losing by five touchdowns and you look at over there at him and you're thinking man he's got something up his sleeve he's get he's getting ready to go medieval on this team he's getting ready to uh, you know, unleash the forces that he has at his command. Yep. Uh, It reminds me a little bit of when Bill Curry was at Kentucky. He would stand over there on the sidelines, arms crossed, reflector sunglasses on, hair in place, big guy, impressive-looking guy, and looked like, okay, the score might be 55-7 to against the Cats, but we know where where we're headed. 
I mean, championships are coming. Trust me. So The other kind of funny yeah. thing about that, uh, just if I could interject, is that listening to another podcast, because all I do is drive around right now and, you know, drive Uber, so I, listen, I have plenty of time to listen to podcasts as I'm driving around. Uh, one of the main tidbits that I kind of got from the BallQuest podcast this morning was how one of the, <laughs> one of the USC uh, junior, that one of their, I think it's Daniel Hill, they've got somebody that's kind of in their boat that's basically about to get out of their boat and, and probably headed towards Tennessee. I think it's Daniel Hill. I don't remember the exact name, but basically it was one of the guys that was that was in a, that was committed to South Carolina was soon decommitting from South Carolina and probably going to Tennessee. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, the high school well, kids are in. About yeah, the they're high school excited. kids are in love, and Fra- Frankie Jr. Look, the thing about the league, and and we could all have this discussion everywhere we are. Like at Arkansas right now, they're trying to decide who are we, what are we going to be going forward. Texas A and M, John's a really good example of this. Like Texas A and M, when we get to Oklahoma and Texas in the league, I think the benchmark for a good season is two and a half losses. Like if you toggle between two and three losses, you got a shot to make a national playoff out of this league. Especially with the pack whatever they are dissolving. Because now how many power leagues do we have, Bry? Is it four? Is the number what's well, the number? Be, I think there'll be four if the Pac twelve four doesn't and, reinvent itself. And then I'm just doing the math here. And then if your group of five gets one that means you got seven wild card spots, basically. Now, if you look around baseball right now, I don't know if you've noticed this, but the wild card spots are not to be sneezed at. And it's going to be the same thing in college football. You can laugh if you want, but in the transfer era, the wild card spots are going to be highly coveted. They're going to be very valuable. And everybody that makes the playoffs is going to have a chance to win it. So, John, here's a question for you, right? What is A&M's place in this league in the playoff era? Are they in the top six teams in the league? I mean, let's list them. Top six teams in the league perennially are going to be. Uh, and, and Goldbrick, you play along as well since you've, I think Goldbrick's uh, segment here, I think this could be a keeper. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I've got Alabama, just because of their history, I'll put them at one. We'll do Georgia since they've been so hot lately. We'll put LSU up there. Who's next, John? Oklahoma, Texas. Oklahoma's. All right. Yeah, right. Oklahoma and Texas. Okay, and then and then who's who's six? Okay, Tennessee, uh, Florida. I think there is where we're there is going to be a real scramble. Okay, I think. Uh, I don't discount Auburn from that. All right, we'll put Auburn with Hugh Freeze. Uh, as, I, as we talked about Tennessee having a desperate fan base, yeah. think how desperate Auburn fans are. Yeah. And I think Hugh Freeze can and smooths the boosters and get some money out of them. So I'm, Auburn. I'm putting Tennessee ten, next. Tennessee, I put Auburn, Tennessee. I'm just kind of grouping these teams. I'm not really ranking them. You're I fine. think they have the potential. Auburn, Tennessee, Texas A&M. A&M, and, yes. and Florida, I guess. I mean, Florida should be in there, but. It depends on, I mean, if they have the right coach. Same way with A&M. So Florida has that kind of potential. See, we've listed nine teams right there. Nine teams. Yep. And then, okay, then where do you go, though? Then we still got seven teams to I mean, you look at Ole Miss. 
I mean, next group it's down. Arkansas. What about Arkansas? Arkansas, Ole Miss, South Carolina. See, here's the problem. Here's the problem Kentucky. with the Arkansas's of the world. Arkansas, if you're my age, you saw your team win compete for national championships in the 70s. If you're my age, if you're younger than that, you know you're kind of. Uh, but every once in a while, you had bright moments. I'm not sure they're going to have many bright moments unless well, they hire a Josh Heupel who's ahead of the game, and they go find somebody who can do more with less. They can be as hungry as they want to be, John. Uh, and I think A&M's sort of in that boat. I'm sorry. A&M's got great resources. Think, go ahead, Bri. Arkansas had their guy with Petrino there. Well, that's a good point. We'll remember that. That's a good point. And you yeah, saw uh, what happened. but that Volleyball yeah, wrecked their program. Yeah. Volleyball rector program. That was the same for them. Rector motorcycle uh, too. Shout out Eve Rackham, who's done a great job. Well, uh, but but here's the thing, and I don't think all these maybe they do, and they're just not speaking to it. The realization of what's going to happen in this league. I mean, people talk about Oklahoma and Texas; they aren't used to playing the kind of schedule you get in the SEC. Uh, you have hard games pretty much every week, and that's true. It is an upgrade over the Big 12. But but don't kid yourself. Oklahoma and Texas are loaded. I mean, look at the turnaround Oklahoma's made this year. And that was the best game I've watched this year is Oklahoma and Texas. The intensity, the talent on the field, playmakers. I mean, they're going to knock programs back in this. They're going to knock programs down in this league. going to be really interesting to see when it begins next year. Goldie, thank you. Thank you, guys. Incredible work, Goldie. Thank you. That was a great segment. Great segment. Yep. I had an idea. He called me today with those. I said, why don't you come on, and we'll make a segment out of it. We'll make fun of some coaches each week on here, which is, uh, well, which is something we, we, we celebrate the game. Part of celebrating the game is celebrating the color. Part of celebrating the color is celebrating the pressure. Part of celebrating the pressure is admiring these morons. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. Alert, alert! Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has a huge announcement. We're expanding our service center to get you in and out quicker than ever. That's right, five new service bays to get your vehicle back on the road. Don't drive a Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram. It doesn't matter. Our certified technicians are trained to work on all makes or models. More service, less time. Only at Columbia Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram. Family owned and operated. You can count on us. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. 
Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big, no tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113 or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless, sparkles like the sun. They are timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. The generations that have paved the way for us deserve respect, integrity, and compassion. This is Kelly Dobson, owner of Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. My grandmother and mother started this business in 2005, and I was honored to take over in 2012. Licensed and insured, we help our aging community stay in the comfort of their own homes. Online at caringheartshomehealthcarellc.com, by phone 931-381-5470, or in person at 1121 Trawood Avenue here in Columbia. That's Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. Hey gang, Carl Wayne Meekins here. I want you guys to come out and see us live on Veterans Day, 11, 11, 23, 7 p.m. Guitar and Cadillac Hall that sits right on top of Puckett's in Columbia, Tennessee. Got a huge lineup for you. We've got Troy Kemp, Katrina Burgoyne, myself and my band, and then the legend Jimmy Wayne's going to come in for a few songs. Going to be a big night in Columbia, and Columbia ain't going to be the same. Okay, so get your tickets at eventbrite.com. Guitar and Cadillacs, Carl Wayne Meekins. We'll see you there. Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. Hello and welcome back as we welcome you back on your Basilio show. It's a Thursday. We're going to go back to our phones momentarily. Before we do, I want to hash out a couple things because this is how we're going to build our program. Thank you, Goldie, for getting us started on the good foot. Back on a Thursday. Tomorrow, we're at Calhoun's on the River. Come on out. See us. It's going to be an incredible time. I love the fellowship out there. I've gotten a couple emails from people that are saying, hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming in early for the game. I put a little blurb at the bottom of our uh, blog today over at tclub.team uh, that's chock full of good stuff today, including uh, a couple of snippets, things that um, – Adam Sparks said yesterday, who I just think does a wonderful job of covering 
the football program. And I'm not saying that because John's on here, but uh, Adam really, really does a great, great job uh, over at the uh, New Sentinel. So it was good visiting with him yesterday. We're, we're blessed to have him on the program when we can. Tomorrow we'll be at Calhoun's on the River enjoying the fellowship of another Tennessee football weekend. Brian Hartman, you've asked a question that I want to get the Living Vol fans' thoughts on here. Uh, and that's and Brian, I wanna I wanna give Caduce here to Brian. Brian came up with this, not me. But go ahead, Brian. Introduce the topic here and we'll let John throw out the first pitch. Okay, my question is the next two games are against A and M at home and at Alabama. What do you think will happen? What's the most likely to happen to these four scenarios and rank it to the most to the uh, most to the least likely? All right, most to least likely. The, so here's most the question. likely to least likely. What's most likely? We're not going to rank them. I just want to know what's most likely, what's least likely, and what do you think's going to happen? Okay, this is this is where we are. Go ahead, Bry. All right, I'll do Either, it. I'll do are, it. They, are they going to? Yeah. Letter A. Letter A is, and Brian came up with this. A, letter A. A win, over, a win over A&M and a loss to Alabama. No, letter A is, let me do it since you don't have it in front of you. Beat both Bama and A&M is letter A. Beat both. Okay, beat. beat. Hang on, bro, I'll do it. Beat both Bama and A&M is letter A. Letter B is lose to both. Alabama and A&M. Letter C, beat Alabama. Or I'm sorry, is, letter C is beat A&M and lose to Bama. We're mangling this. And letter D is lose to A&M and beat Bama. Let me do it all over again. Oh, what's, please, most like, what's most likely? Beat both A&M and Bama. That's letter A. Letter A is a clean sweep. You, you tell me, and I want to know why. You tell me and why. Letter B. Lose to both, to the neg of all in you, letter B will speak to you, B for Basilio, because I am Negadelphia, and I got the Phillies losing tonight, by the way. Lose to both A&M and Bama. So letter B is for Basilio. That's the neg of all uh, letter. So Brian didn't even know he was doing that, but we'll make that the Basilio option, because that's I, I always, you know, I, I just, I'm negative. Letter C is beat A&M, lose on the road to Bama. That's letter C. And letter D is kind of what A&M would do. Lose to A&M at home and then go on the road and beat Alabama. Some weird thing like that. All right, John, what's most likely to happen from this two-game stretch here? Are you going to beat both A&M and Bama? That's letter A. Are you going to be lose to both A&M and Bama? Are you letter C going to beat A&M and lose to Bama? Or are you D going to lose to A&M and beat Bama? John, what do you got? Uh, could you just go over those choices again one more time? Are you letter A? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Gosh, Tony. I mean, how many times did you do that? Are I you think letter the A going to beat both A&M and Bama? Are you B going to lose to both A&M and Bama? Are you C? Going to beat A and M and lose to Bama, or are you letter D going to lose to A and M and beat Bama? Where are you at, John? Okay, now that that's over with, uh, you're gonna you're gonna beat A and M and lose to Alabama. That's what's gonna happen. 
right, so John's on letter B. John, why do you feel that way? No, that's letter C. No. Yes, that's right. It's letter C. <laughs> You've even confused yourself. That, that might be the worst segment in the history of the show. <laughs> the very worst segment. Oh, my gosh. All right. So it's John, a good idea and a good topic. You think we're going to beat <laughs> A&M and lose to Bama? Why? Talk to me here. I think you're going to beat Texas A&M because Texas A&M is Texas A&M. And it's tailor-made for – I thought if A&M would have beaten Alabama last week, it would beat Tennessee as well this week. Uh, but I think you've mentioned it. It's intangibles versus tangibles. You you look at the roster, A&M has a better roster. It also matches up well. It's strengths, defensive line against Tennessee's offensive line. It's uh, top-level receiving core against Tennessee's shaky secondary. I mean, if you were doing a cold, hard analysis of this, you'd say – a&M, but then you look at all those intangibles, consider the history. Jimbo Fisher on the road. He's roadkill. So, yeah, I, I feel pretty good about that prediction. Uh, Brian Hartman, this is your topic, obviously. Are you uh, are you in Camp A that the Vols are going to pull off the clean sweep here? And Because if they pull off the clean sweep, they'll have a shot at winning the division, Brian. I, I'm sort of with John. I think they did let the most likely scenario, and this is not a prediction for next week, but I think the most likely scenario is a, is a win over A&M and a loss to Alabama. I think the least likely is a loss to A&M and a win over Alabama. I don't think they can, I don't think they'll turn that script. You agree with that, John? The least likely thing to happen would be to lose to A&M and then beat Bama. In other words, if you lose to A&M, you're in big trouble with Alabama next week in Brian's eyes. With this club, or is it such I think a weak thing? The least likely, yeah. and, and I can't put a letter by it because you've you've gone over that so many times. I'm dizzy. Um, I would say the least likely is Tennessee to win both games. I think there's a greater chance of Tennessee losing both games than winning both games. Greater chance they lose both games than win both games. Yeah, and I don't know what the letters are there. I'm, I'm sure you can help me. <laughs> 865-200-5402. Now that we're a couple days away from the game, what do you think? Also, when it comes to the league, what do you think? Uh, 865-200-5402. The way I group, and, and A&M people, tomorrow we'll do this in front of Texas A&M fans, Sean, to see how... One of my favorite things we've done so far at Calhoun's this year on the river is Clone called in as Lou Holtz a couple weeks ago. And there were three or four tables of South Carolina fans there. And it was right after the Ryan Day, Lou Holtz, kerfluffle. Mm-hmm. And the South Carolina fans were not amused with the imitation that clone was doing of Lou Holtz. They were looking at me like, I want to fight you. I want to beat you up. Why? That's the f- sincerest form of flattery. And they didn't get that. They missed that memo. They missed the memo. Kind of like when uh, Miley Cyrus looked around in um, Party in the USA and saw everybody in stilettos and said she didn't get the memo. So they didn't like that at all. Tomorrow, we're going to do this grouping right in front of these people 
because they have a missense. Uh, one of the things that's always gotten on my nerves about A&M is they have this miss, missed sense. What am I trying to say here? The, I don't know. They have well, this, why, hey, they why have don't this, you break it down into well, A, B, C, and D? They have this over-inflated, over inflated, you got me all flustered now. They've got, me, they've got this over-inflated opinion of who they are. And now that Texas has come into the league, it's really like taking their card away from them. It's, their thing with Texas was, hey, we're in a real league and you're not. Imagine what it was like to be an A&M family member and wake up when you saw that day that Texas and Oklahoma were joining your beloved SEC, where you jumped to get away from them because they were greedy. But, Tony, don't you think that all fan bases think their program is better than it is? No. I think Vol fans are pretty honest with where they are. Really? Don't you, Brian? Vol fans are pretty honest with where they are? I don't think so. I think there's always some that are sort of unrealistic. It just depends. I mean, there's all there's there's reasonable fans and there's rational fans and then there's there's fanatical that always think they're better than they are. Well, that's a good point. We'll go to the phones. Here's what here's what we have. This is what I come up with. While John was talking, you tell me if we're right, wrong, wherever we are. The top team, I really am confused. I put A&M at the very top. To me, the top team in the league, until proven otherwise, is Alabama. And I'm going to tell you something. What A&M did last week in that game, I just can't get over that A&M lost that game to Alabama with all the things Alabama did in that game. I just I couldn't believe when I was watching it live. There were eight false start penalties on Alabama. Eight false starts. The crowd, the Aggie fan base won the game. Yes, they did. And Jimbo fumbled it away. Imagine if Tennessee got them to commit eight false start penalties in Neyland Stadium Saturday night. John, what would the score be in that game? With Josh Heupel coaching, if they started behind the sticks all night long, imagine having their defensive line and letting Alabama get up from that, John. Imagine that. I know it's. I still Tennessee didn't last year. Huh? I got Alabama number one, and here's the here's the little postscript. They're they were they're a nine and three football team this year, working on an eleven and one season. They have nine and three talent. A really great team does not do what they did with A and M last week. They just don't. They they looked. So poorly coached. And they don't have stars like they've had in the past. But the Jermaine Burton guy kind of saved their bacon. They found the weakness in A&M secondary and Lottie, Lottie freaking Dottie. They're going to go 11-1 now. I'm looking at it and I'm going, okay. Yeah, and then they're going to run into Georgian championship Who they're going to beat. No, they're not. Yes, they are. They're going to get steamrolled in No, they're game. not. No, they're not. We'll put a few shekels on that when the time comes. Okay. My house against yours. No, I said a few Yeah, shekels. Alabama's not Kentucky. Georgie. Alabama's not Kentucky. A- Alabama's going to beat them. Brian, Brian, knows what he, Brian knows what I'm looking at. Let's go to Georgie. Georgie's my number two program. I don't program. know if Alabama's going to beat them, but they're not Kentucky. Georgie's my number two program simply because they've got so much talent. 
they are what they are. They are who they are. They've been who they've been down through the years, and and they've got the state to themselves, and it's a great state for talent. I mean, Tennessee lives off their sloppy seconds, and I'll take their sloppy seconds all day long. LSU's number three. Now, I don't think LSU's going to play around with this head coach. I told you he's a bad fit when he took that job. I am not coming off that. He is going to wear them out, and they are going to wear him out. He better start winning. He better finish this season in a strong fashion, or he's going to find out what it's He's going to find out what family means, okay? Because they are going to come after him like the Manson family. Oklahoma, number four. I put Oklahoma and Texas. I kind of grouped them together. Look, I don't know what to make of them joining this league. But until we see otherwise, I think John's right. We have to respect the tradition of both those both those fan bases in the NIL era. And here's the thing I know about Oklahoma. And, I, and look, I know Josh Heupel's from the Oklahoma family, whatever. They'll do anything to win. They'll do anything to win. They'll take any thug. They'll take any criminal. They'll take any drug dealer. They'll take any. I mean, that's just who they are. You know, Barry Switzer, you can say what you want to say, but he's the archetype. Of, and Bud Wilkinson before him of what they did. Bud Wilkinson kind of was like the old guy, you know. But it was a lot. It, I mean, it's been a halfway house. Look, if you're an Oklahoma fan, no, no offense to you, but you've all been a halfway house for years. No offense. No offense. Not trying to offend you. You could say the same thing about some SEC programs. Um, John, Oklahoma, Lynn McGruder. Everybody's Gruder. trying to do the same thing. And in most of these programs, it's win at all costs. Oklahoma win at all costs, John. They win. They do it now. Yes, they do. And I think Oklahoma fans were getting tired of Lincoln Riley. He takes them to playoffs. He scores a bunch of points. Yeah. But he goes, <clears throat> but he doesn't win a championship. John Barry Switzer, what's your view of him? Because uh, to the young heads, he wrote a he wrote a book called Bootlegger Son. He was pretty unrepentant about the way he went about it, John. Yeah, he was. I mean, I, I remember I covered a, uh, I guess it was the A-Lives in Jacksonville. It was the 85 or 86 uh, Nebraska-Oklahoma game in Norman. See a red there in the stadium. Barry Switzer was a coach. He was unapologetic about his program. He didn't try and say, hey, I'm, uh, I'm here to, yeah, sure, I want to win games, but I'm here to develop young men and help them along life's way. Never, Never said, said that. that. He said, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to win football games. Uh, if you practice hard and play hard, we're going to get along fine. He's not trying to be somebody's daddy. He's not, he said he's not trying to be a role model. Barry Switzer had a very hard, hard upbringing. He, he came from tough times, and he was a tough guy, and he always – he got a lot of criticism for not being a real cerebral coach. But, man, he won a lot of games. And he got no credit for winning championship, winning Super Bowl with Dallas. Everybody just said, oh, well, it's just a talent. Well, Dallas had a lot of talent a lot of times and didn't, make it, didn't win a Super Bowl. Uh, but Barry Switzer, he never pretended to be 
something other than what he was. He was hired to win games, and that's what he was going to do. He had a menacing look. Oklahoma. He had a menacing look about him too. He was a rough, tough hombre. I, I, I had a guy several years ago. And we did the show at Rick's place way back in the day. Those of you, the old heads down in downtown West, thirty years ago. Guy walked in and told me a story, and I thought he was telling me a story until somebody else corroborated it several years later, who happened to be there. Now, it didn't happen in that bar, but it happened in a bar in West Knoxville. And it happened in the late 80s, early 90s. And Barry Switzer was here in the offseason, I guess, I don't know, friends with Johnny Major. These guys were all friends. And uh, were they friends, John? Do you know? Were they? I would think they would have been. I, I would have think uh, Johnny Majors was really an integral part of the coaching fraternity. Yeah. So, he had a lot of coaching buddies, and, yeah. and he hired some of the best assistant coaches who became successful head coaches oh, he knew what he was doing. in the country. I mean, yeah. he had Jackie Sherrill. He yeah. had Jimmy Johnson on his staff. He knew what so, he was yeah, doing. He, he got along. He liked other coaches. He, he was very much part of the fr- coaching fraternity. So I can see where he and Barry would have got along. So this guy in, uh, says to Barry Switzer, you're Barry Switzer. Yeah, I am. I bet you think you're tough, don't you? Why don't you try me? That's what Barry Switzer said to him. Right in right his bar. These two guys get in a fight. Barry Switzer basically takes this guy, puts him in an arm bar, and basically breaks his arm in a fist fight. Snaps this guy's arm. He's on top of this guy, beating him up. And this other guy says to me, he says, we had to go over and pull him off, this guy. He said, this guy's crazy. This guy's a maniac. And I'm sitting there going, I believe 10% of that story. Then another guy told me the story. I was like... He says, yeah, I was there. I saw the, I saw the steal. I was like, how come it wasn't in the papers? He goes, well, I don't. Imagine today, John, something like uh, that happens. Telephone. Yeah, you you'd be a video of, of uh, Barry Switzer Back driving in those days, some guy into the floorboard. Which leads to the question. go viral on Twitter in five minutes. How many guys did Barry Switzer get in fistfights with back in the day? That's the question. But let's go move along here. I've got Oklahoma 4. I've made an executive decision here. Texas goes in the next group. Here's why. Oklahoma has dominated their league for 25 or 30 years. Okay? Texas has been an afterthought in the Big 12. What makes you think they're going to win in this league when they can't win in that league? That's a fa- Listen, that's a fair, fair observation by my point. I'm grouping them with Auburn, Tennessee, and Florida in the next group. So we've got the group of four up top is Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Oklahoma, which is to say, hey, I'll respect your tradition, and you've won for the last 15 years and whatever, because really that's what you are in college football. Texas is right in there with Tennessee in that next group. Auburn and Florida are all right in there. That is a murderous league, y'all. That's an impossible. I mean, that is such a difficult league. All you do is go 9-3. and three. I believe that. You go 9-3 and three in this league, you're going to get to the playoffs. And I got A&M sitting there at nine in that next group. A&M is sitting at the bottom of that. And I'm going to give the A&M fans that right in their face tomorrow. They're number nine. You're number nine. How about a little Southern hospitality, Tony? People coming all the way from College Station, Texas. To hear they're number nine out there enjoying a meal. Brian Hartman, (laughs) do you disagree or agree with that? You don't have to agree with me. But I think any of the teams that are in that second four could move into that top four in a given year. Sure. 
they're all capable of doing that. And I, th- I think you could probably say Texas A&M could be in the – you could make the second group a group of five and have them in there. No way. They're closer yeah, to the real group of five than they are that group of five. Well, Tony, I think you make a good point with Oklahoma versus Texas. Yeah. Uh, let's don't – I mean, yeah, Texas is bigger and all that kind yeah. of stuff. But you look at the history – and you look at last week, you don't even have to look at the history. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody pretty much uh, confirmed Texas is the number one team in the country. Now, they weren't being voted number one, but when they went to Alabama and beat Alabama the way they did in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. people said that's about And Urban Meyer said in preseason he might have had ulterior motives. He said that Texas a and Texas, rather, Texas has the best roster yep. in college football. Yeah. Urban uh, lobbying for the Texas job, job when yeah. they give up on Steve Sarkeesian. That's who he so, is. So look at look what Texas Texas is a six and a half point favorite yep. in that game. Yep. I mean, Texas supposedly loaded both lines, got skilled players, got a good quarterback. And here comes Oklahoma. They got beat forty two to nothing last year yep. with the second coach, second year coach, Brent Venables. Everybody's wondering, well, this guy's gonna fool around and get fired after two years. And look what Oklahoma did to Texas. I mean that last drive that was Josh an intense quarterback game. with a Josh Heupel coached and developed Dylan, quarterback. Dylan Gabriel, if I were voting for a Heisman right now, Dylan Gabriel would get my vote. Oh. He's that good. That and he did no, it. That I want guys card. that can do it. Yeah, I want guys that can do it in that situation. That can can lead that kind of drive. Kind of drive that Stetson Bennett made last year for Georgia against Ohio State. Those kind of players. But I just think Oklahoma, when you have won in every era, and when you, as you pointed out, when you're as devoted to winning as Oklahoma is, Oklahoma's not going to fool around. How long do you think Billy Napier would last at Oklahoma? Uh, Well, from his mountain analogy, he might be able to get his rope affixed (laughs) to the side of the mountain and get about three pulls on it before they took his Amish his Amish rear end and pulled him off the side of that mountain as hour two is upon us. Good gosh, man. Basilio, get better at time management, would you? Hour two after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons and we run his dealership and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. 
Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. Don't put off getting your oil changed, Columbia. Take 5 is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. Visit their newest location at 1203 South James Campbell Boulevard and take advantage of their $15 off grand opening special. That's right, $15 off any oil change, Columbia. Take 5, the stay-in-your-car 10-minute oil change. They're faster than you think. Join the Columbia Noon Rotary Club on Saturday, November 11th for Pancake Day. This long-standing event has been serving the best pancakes in town since 1959. Eat in or carry out, your ticket includes pancakes, sausage, and your choice of beverage. Pancake Day will be held from 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Memorial Building on West 7th Street. Tickets can be purchased at the door or from any Noon Rotary member, and the cost is $10 each or 3 for $25. Children 6 and under eat free. Proceeds from Pancake Day benefit several Rotary community projects, including scholarships for local students. See you November 11th. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. I am so pumped for the weekend. Really exciting time tomorrow. I've got a dear friend coming in uh, who's like the Michael Jordan of the turf grass industry. His name's Dr. Mike Fidanza. We've had him on here in the past, but he's coming in. This is a guy that consults with the Vatican in Rome on their grounds, uh, the old course in St. Andrews on their grounds, several of the top golf courses around the country, several uh, uh, football stadiums and baseball stadiums around the country, 
Uh, he's a professor at Penn State. He's going to be down there tomorrow. Uh, How did you meet this guy, Tony? I went to school with him, St. Pat's Catholic really? School. And, John, he is the goofiest dude alive. But he is like a world-renowned guy in his field. And to me, he's just Goofy Mike. To them, well, he's Dr. Mike. I was talking to a friend of mine that's like in that industry, and I said, yeah, friend of mine, Mike Fidanza, he goes, you mean the guy from Penn State? I said, yeah. He goes, you know him? I said, <laughs> yeah, he's a moron. He said, no, he's brilliant. I said, no, he, to me, he's just a moron. But that's the scope of it. He'll be with us be with us tomorrow. I'm kind of excited for the weekend, though, because the weekend, this is a huge sports fun weekend. These college games at home, this A&M game's weird, though, because it doesn't have that it doesn't have that, even though it's on CBS, John, it doesn't have that signature game feel among our fan base. Do you know what I'm talking about? I know, and, and I think a lot of that has to do with Texas A&M. When you think about the opportunities in play for Tennessee, yep. when you win this game, then you go into Alabama, and you, you're, really, you're still in the running. I know what we've seen on the field doesn't indicate this, but it's all about what you do. It's not what people think you'll do or yep. how you've done in the past. It's what you do. So if Tennessee wins this game and then goes in Alabama, I mean, Tennessee's looking but it wins it wins both games in Tennessee's oh. back where it was last year. Ah, oh, they're right there. With a different completely different approach. And there's not all the flash and dash, but it, it just comes down to winning these kind of tough games. And Tennessee, imagine this, Tony. Yeah. What if Tennessee hadn't lost that game to Florida? You Well, what if Cooper Mays wasn't hurt? Because if Cooper Mays wasn't hurt, that wouldn't have happened, in my opinion. But that's just me. I don't know. That's, that's just funny. me. I know. I understand. And I'm not making excuses. There's, just, there's still the Gainesville factor, though, and that's that's another well, that's sure. history. And that's what we're doing here tomorrow. We're counting on intangibles tomorrow. And Florida probably won that game due to some intangibles. I mean, when you stop and think about it, this game with, with A&M is intangible city because they have a better football team than we do. They just have more talent. I mean, I, I just keep it real. But we'll go, back to, go to the phones. Let's get our next call in. The question is, What's most likely? Beat both A&M and Bama? Lose to both A&M and Bama? Beat A&M, lose to Bama? Lose to A&M and beat Bama? What's, what, what are the four scenarios there is most likely of the next two uh, games? Hello and welcome into our next call. Hey. Yeah, hi. Welcome in. I'm sorry. Go right ahead. My bad. Hey, hey Tony. It's Rusty. Hey, Russ. Welcome in. Thanks, brother. Thank you, Mr. Yeah, go ahead, Ross. The most likely would be to beat A&M and lose to Bama. The least likely would, of course, be to lose to A&M and then beat Bama. Because if you lose to A&M, it's going to be hard to get your psyche up to go to Alabama. It's going to be almost, it's going to be almost impossible to win at Alabama if you lose to A&M. So that's the least likely. And you, and you know what? To John's point, like you win both those games, and all of a sudden your coach is seen in a different light. By your fan, because that's that'd be an incredible coaching job to do that. I mean, I, oh, I, I, no matter how you do, would, lose both of them, and all of a sudden your fan base looks at this guy differently, which I'm not sure is fair to him. 
But that's so. kind of the way it is in the SEC. It's a week-to-week existence, your relationship to your fan base in these deals when you're making $9 million. Yeah, you're right. You're, you're totally right. I, winning both, to me, seems like really, really far-fetched, but it's still more likely than losing to A&M and then beating Bama. That's, that's, the, that's the one that just would never, ever happen, which is why I don't think A&M beats us. I don't think A&M had a prayer of two, going two weeks losing at home to Bama, and then turning around and beating Tennessee the next week. I, that's why I think we're the huge favorites tomorrow. As I think that's, I think they're devastated, and I think a bunch of their guys are probably checked out, all, all smoking weed in the locker room, you know, just li- living, their, living their best life outside of football now. Well, the other thing we're going to see, and we haven't seen it yet, but we're about to see it. I'm going to make a prediction in this transfer era. There are a lot of people already plotting their next move, even starters on some of these teams that just don't like something a coach said to them or they, they promised me this and they haven't given it. Whatever it is, yeah. you will see guys on these teams late in seasons now check out. With that, look, what do workers do? Let's think about us as workers. When you're in a spot as an employee and you're not happy, which is what these guys are, you're laughing, right, because it's true. The last two or three weeks, guys will not take the field. Or if they do take, maybe you're going to see opt-outs during the season. Listen, if a guy that Tennessee wants as a starting offensive tackle out of the portal chooses to opt out, Rusty, you still think they're going to take him? Now, let's think about that. This is the implications of what these guys have done to their sport by not managing their sport. Rusty, how do you answer that? I I answer it like this. I've given a two-week notice because I've taken another opportunity somewhere else many yep. times. And during that two-week notice, I'm just stealing money. That's exactly right. When you know you're on to something, John, think about that. Your team's gotten eliminated, like Rusty said. you got a talented A&M team. It's a transactional thing. Hey, this coach is a boob. I don't like the way Bobby Petrino talks to me. Whatever it is. Or somebody at Tennessee's upset. When you get eliminated from that whatever it is, that team goal, isn't there really a danger in this era that those guys unplug a little bit, more so than before? Yeah, I think there is. I do think, though, in the football, in the world of football, it's such a difficult sport physically. Yeah. That if you're playing, I don't see how you can play football and play it halfway. But do you opt Uh, out? Can we see well, some opt-outs? Uh, yeah, I mean, season? to me, it would make more sense if somebody opt-out. Because when you're on that field, yeah. you're imperiled. I mean, that, here, here you're in danger. But you got to be on high alert. Yeah. Your senses have to be uh, hyper because you're in uh, – there's so much of a chance of suffering a serious injury. Yeah. You you just got – you know, I always talk about head, head on a swivel, that kind of thing. Swizzle. I think when you're, you're caught up in the heat of that competition – I think it's really hard to do it halfway. Maybe some guys do it, yep. but I, I think it, I think you're taking a risk when you do that. I see the more more the opt out thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you know if you know what your future is and your future isn't with this team, the team concept now goes away. It's what they've done, R- Rusty. Like Rusty said, I want people to think. I haven't said this out loud. I've been thinking about it. That's going to be the new thing in this transfer portal era. When your team gets eliminated, kids are going to go, you know what? I'm a starting tackle. Maybe I'm in a lesser league, and my team's getting beat up, 
and I'm in Conference USA, but I'm going to the SEC next year, why would I sit here and beat myself up when that's really going to be the stage I'm going to do my thing on to do my thing? I think that's going to, we're going to start seeing that happen. Mark my words. Well, well, again, yeah, I think it's more apt to be the player opt-out. That's sad. Then he doesn't want to get out on the field it's and coming. perform badly. It's coming. So, yes, I, I can see that. Well, we, we've seen that with bowl games. Well, and that's the deal, Brian. And, and to I mean, Rusty's point, A&M could really unplug this weekend. Like, they really could. We could. If you get them early, Rusty, and get up 14 nothing on them, they could unplug here. Of course. Here's the thing. It's not a matter of the guys won't play hard and give 100%. What you get in these situations is, Guys are doing what's best for them, which is when you're 11 guys and you have a play called and you have an assignment, everybody remember the, remember the Titans movie where Gary Bertier's talking to Jules and he's talking about, you have to do this or you hang all of us out to dry. And, he, and Jules says, no, we're not a team. I'm going to get mine. So I'm going to go try to make a sack, but I'm not going to keep contained. So what you get is guys playing for themselves, not playing for the team concept. So they might well, play hard, but they're not following the game plan. They're doing what they're, they're trying to go get a sack whenever their job was to drop in coverage, or their job was to make sure the quarterback don't leave the pocket. There's a whole bunch of jobs that you have to do and sacrifice yourself sometimes for the team that guys will stop doing now. Guys will just worry about I need to get a highlight in, and that's why pro football hocus focus makes no sense. Because the people that do the grading, now I'm going to walk you inside this. Now, as I've talked to people this week about this, the people that do the pro football hocus focus sit there on each play and ascribe what each individual, how they did. They don't even know their assignment. How do I, how do I grade what the linebacker did on a play when I have no idea what his assignment was on a play? But they have these kids that want to be coaches. That's what the young guys are doing this now that want to be coaches, and that's a way up the ladder to tell people that they graded film for pro football hocus, pocus, focus, which is a bunch of nonsense. Sorry. Yep. Sorry. No, you're, you're 100% right. Unless you know what play is called and what everybody's assignment is, you have no way of knowing if everybody did your job correct. And that's why I don't sit here and talk about, like, Chris Burke run fits. But I appreciate you. Thank you, Rusty. Well... And, Tony, to that point, if you're, for example, secondary pass coverage, when when you say, okay, uh, Brew McCoy or whoever beat uh, that DB, did he really beat that DB? You don't know what the DB was supposed to do on the play, what his his responsibility was. You don't know what – and it's just really hard to tell that – I tell you what, though, that, that pro football focus, or hocus-pocus, as you call it, it's become an industry. It's John, I talked to a guy this week who's a friend that did it, who's in the coaching profession now, but he did it for a couple years. And he said it's the biggest bunch of nothing. Nothing. He said it's a big – he said here's the deal. They give you four different teams. They assign these people, four different teams to grade and go through the film, Okay. He says, I'm sitting there, and this guy was, uh, one of the guys was like a former staffer at Tennessee that was doing it, and he's now kind of moved on. But he was in his early 20s. He knew it looked good on a resume. They paid him pretty decent money to do it. And he would sit there and sit in a room, and he would take the film apart, and he would, to the best of his ability. 
And he said, I'm just sitting here. It's just pure conjecture. I don't know what the assignment is of this guy. I don't know what Kamal, Kamal had. You know, he grades so well. Well, that's great. Unfortunately, the person doing the grading has no idea what his assignments are. So I don't sit here and pretend to, to look, basketball, we can watch that and kind of figure out who's doing what and who's ball. You, did you hustle? Did you? Football's 11 guys. I'm going to tell you a funny story. Will Overstreet told me this. He won't mind me saying this now. He said when he first got into the league, he figured out what it was. Okay, You're going to love this, John. He said a couple of those veteran guys that were like all pro-type players that he played with would make sure when they blew assignments on camera after plays to go chew on he said there was a safety with the Falcons that would go chew on corners when they missed a play just to get demonstrative, just to make it look like it was that guy's fault when it was really their fault. He said, that's when I realized kind of what the NFL was. Now, that was back then. That was 20 or so years ago. And Willie D, shout out to you. But that, that always stuck with me. That always stuck with me. He said those veteran guys know exactly what they're doing because they're trying to stay on the beam gesturing, you know, pointing to the guy. And the young kids over there going, hey, wait a second here. That wasn't even – we were in the zone there, man. That was your guy. Do, do you think a veteran, one veteran would do that to another veteran, though? Or would it just be the younger players that they – I don't know. I think it's interesting, though, don't you? And I believe it. Do you believe that? Yeah, it's possible. I'm, I mean, it, Will Overstreet, I don't know why he would say why that. Why would he lie? I love you, Willie Day. TLD Logistics Hotline. Back to the phones we go. Hello and welcome in. How are my friends and compatriots today? Under wings. How's my favorite compatriot? I'm under your wings right now, W. Lynn. Tony and John, I picked the selection E. What was E? I got so confused. Uh, e was uh, all both of the games. above. E is tied e. both games. Oh, but. <laughs> okay, so A is beat Bama and A&M. B is lose to A&M, lose to Bama. C is you beat A&M, lose to Bama. And D is lose to A&M, but beat Bama. I pick C. I'm, I'm, you know, my orange-colored glasses won't want me to pick B, but i got to be realistic and pick C. And, Tony, it's because of something you came up with. Yes. We're going to be the 14th man this Saturday. The full, we're better than A&M. We're the 14th man. Yeah, it's not good enough. Listen, it's not good enough. They have a 12th man down there. And, W. Yeah. Lynn, I want you to call tomorrow when, when those, some of those A&M fans are out there. They need, to hear, they need to hear what they're walking into because it's, it's the Southeastern Conference equivalent of what the Braves played in last night. That didn't look like fun for the, Bra the Bravos there no, last it night. Wasn't. And I'm going to remind them if it wasn't for Tennesseans, they'd be part of Mexico. Like You think they'll like that? We need to play Whoa, Mexico. Sounds so sweet, I just want to go. Were you a James Taylor fan, uh, John Adams? Not that much. What? Uh, not that much. Um, what, what was that uh, Davy Crockett song? You're a music expert. Do you remember the Davy Crockett Davy, Davy Crockett, King, King of the Wild Frontier. Who did it, W. Lynn? Who did Davy Crockett? 
I don't know who did it, but I, I, as a kid, boy, I had my little coonskin hat, and I remember that song. Yep. I love that yeah, one. Yeah, I, I, I did that. It. I put yep. that coonskin cap on, went out with my BB gun, and shot things. Yeah, that's what I did, too, John. Yeah, or it, we used to have rifles back then. You'd buy in the store. They looked like real rifles. You know, they might have been cap guns or BB guns, but, uh, yeah, I that's remember a, old Davy Crockett. That's a Fess Parker song, y'all. Does that name ring a bell? Fess Parker. Fess Parker, Parker, very much so. Who did 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 or more, that Little Red Baron? That Little Red Baron song's the one I loved. That's got to be a one-hit wonder, doesn't it? Probably. I love the Red Baron. The great song is the Battle of New Orleans. That's what I thought. You were Oh man, when that you know? when they redid that for that '86 team, I've got that uh, I've got that uh, cassette tape around here somewhere. Oh, that thing is great. Well, it's got that orange blooded awesome. on it by uh, the uh, cover of uh, Shout Out to whoever did that. The Farner cover, orange blooded. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that that's a great song too. Yep. You know, and but. Uh, I think it's going to. I think the game's going to come down to the kicking game, and I call it the kicking game because Coach Majors once told me that's what he likes calling it. He didn't like the term special teams. It's a kicking game. The kicking game. That's old school. Kicking game. Old school. So I think it's going to come down to that, Uh, and a lot of people forget about that. But I think our fourteenth man. And I'm like you, Tony. Uh, the excitement is not like it was, and I think it's because A&M is not ranked. You know, some it's people weird. Don't up with all, you know, this is uh, a huge game, man. This is a is. huge <laughs> game. I just don't sense would that one of their fan base. Losses made a difference if they didn't lose one of those games they lost. Probably yes. Yeah, and and really, they should be undefeated. That's that. That's kind of my point. They have undefeated talent. They shouldn't be losing to Miami, and they shouldn't have lost Alabama. That's a dumb loss. Students and your young, the young people especially, don't yep. worry about the rankings. We have to win this game. We have to go out there and beat the 14th man. I truly and believe that the Braves have an Alabama crowd. The Phillies have a Tennessee Vols crowd. When you yep. don't win all the time and you realize how spe- when it gets taken away from you, and you like the Phillies took 12 years off, and we took like 15 years off, when you yeah. do that and you get it back, you don't ever want to let it slip away again. You know, you just don't want to let it. And that's what our, that's what A&M's walking into tomorrow. They're walking into a rabid, desperate fan base. I hope they know that on Saturday because that's because well, we will, yeah, we will come at them full throated. Yeah, we got to be full throated, standing, making noise the whole game. It's a three thirty game. Plenty of time for you people in college. The fifteenth man. It's you not know, enough to be the twelfth man, W. Lynn. We need fifteen the, men on the field. Yeah, and the, the, if some of my buddies back in the days, forty some years ago, one of them tried to run on the field, and that didn't work out. What happened? To, what happened to him when he became the fifteenth man? In nineteen eighty. Alabama was beating us, and it looked like the final score was 27 to nothing. Yes. I, I was on the sidelines. Craig Jenkins got me a job with ABC. Shocking. And he could maneuver around even back then. Go ahead. It looked like Alabama was just going to try to score again, and one of my buddies, he ran. He got into the Alabama huddle. And he just they just all looked at him like he was nuts, and then some authorities 
They just escorted him out the south end zone and threw him out of the stadium. What's your it's friend's name? You know. Let's give him a shout-out. <laughs> what? <laughs> give him a shout-out, W. Come on, give him a shout-out. That's what we do on here. No, I'm not giving you his name. Giving him a, give him a shout-out. Come on, it's 50 years ago. Statute of limitations has long since expired. All right. Jamie, Ma- Jamie Manis, you're a clown. No, no, no. Jamie Manis no, did it. No, Jamie Manis no, did it. Thank you, W. Lynn. I'm going to say, Jay- and and he deserved to get hammered and sickled. Because, Sean, I love when the when the guys run on the field and the fans hammer and sickle them. Or the uh, players will reach out and just take them to the ground, just hammer and sickle style. I remember many years kid. ago. Yes. Many years ago for the Baltimore Colts, Mike yes. Curtis. Mike Curtis. Love him. Linebacker. God, his nickname might have been Mad Dog. Somebody ran out there. Yep. I mean, his instincts took over. I mean, he might as well be taking on a running back in the open field. He just pretty much buried that guy. I love it. And, Jamie Manis, you deserved it. We're going to go back to our phones. Um, By the way, when Rick Monday, great piece of film, when the guy was burning the American flag, and Rick Monday said, not on my watch, brah. He went over and hammered and sickled the dude to the ground. Nikita that, Koloff style. That was awesome. Back to the phones we go. Hello and welcome in. He's still he's still doing games, I think. I love Rick Monday. Never on a Sunday, but Rick Monday. Hello, Tony. Hello, there, John. I there. heard you put you two putting my name in vain. Did John say your name in vain? He started the show with you today, man. Yeah, I know. I know he did over here ripping me. Well, he's got a he's got a proposition for you. Oh boy. Yeah, I heard about I heard about that proposition. Well, you're on the TLD well, Logistics I, I Hotline. I want you to know this, this isn't some Jim joke, Peters. Titans Bill. This isn't some joke. I'm working on making contact with Shirley Jones to go. see if she would fly in here yep. for your birthday party. If you have it in October, he's with, Imagine he's that. with the news. That's Sentinel. like a dream scenario for you. He's got contacts Jones in the flesh through the likes of Wayne Bledsoe, entertainment reporter. John's got contacts in the news. Sentinel. He's not some ham and egger like me. He's not some nine to fiver like me. He's not some shade tree mechanic like me. He's a guy with contacts out in front of a major uh, media operation. And he, I think, could get to Shirley Jones' agent, Bill. You might want to consider this. Would you have a birthday in late October if he could deliver her to Calhoun's on the river on one of our Friday? Okay, if there's any any truth to this, I'll contact my buddy Tom. What do you mean you're going to contact your buddy Tom? Why would you have to contact him? What does that have to do with anything? Was he thinking for you here? Because, look, he's the one that brings me these things. Oh, no, if if Shirley Jones is there, I'm calling Mark Parsons with Chariots of Hire. We're going to get a stretch limo for you. We're going to bring you down there in style, and you and her are going to uh, dine on the finest of uh, steaks. Oh, okay, okay. But, 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 but you want your birthday in November where you can hang out with Bino eating your cake. I mean, you know, whatever, dude. Slobbering yeah. all over your cake. Hey, Bale, happy birthday. I mean, what do you want? What do you want here? <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted in November, baby, but if you insist to have it in October, okay, I'll, 
I'll, I'll give. But Shirley Jones isn't a guarantee, though. That's a thing. Now, this is like yeah, the price is right. not a guarantee. You okay. could go behind door number one, and door number one could be a couple of animals, lab animals, instead of... Uh, the old Price is Right was incredible. Instead of a new car, that was a very cruel show, John. The old Cullen did it. No, Money deal. Hall. Let's make a deal. That's what it was. Yeah. The Price is Right, you. I said. Price is Right was Bill Cullen. Um, no, The Price is Right was, uh, hang on, Bob Barker. Bob Barker. Remember to have your pets okay. spayed yeah, and neutered. Okay. Yeah, there are a bunch of shows. So let me understand this, Titans, Bill. So you have an opportunity. It's not guaranteed, not guaranteed, but I'm working on it. It's not pie in the sky. There's a very real possibility this comes to fruition. You having dinner at Calhoun's with Shirley Jones, Shirley Jones. One, of your, one of your idols, yep. and R, and you have it in October, yep. R, you can okay. take the sure thing, you can take, take the sure thing and eat a couple of ribs with Bino. In November. And eat, carrot, uh, and eat like carrot cake or whatever. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'm going to have to think about this. Okay, on another note, on this game this coming, on this game this coming Saturday, I believe the Vols will win it, and I'll tell you why. Right. Under Armour, they're going to protect this house. Tights Bill, the dead air was stunning. Tights Bill, I mean, that's not really profound. I kind of expect more from you. What do you well, mean? That's very good. They're going to protect this house. I think of... Um, that's a cliche. I think Look, of Ralph... They're undefeated at home, John. Come on. They're going to protect 13 this straight. House. They're working on 13 straight. And it's an incredible home field advantage right now. Now, I'll tell you this. If it were a night game, A&M would have zero chance in that game. They'd get swallowed up in a night game. The Vols would come out in the black or the fruit stripe uniform, whatever they're going to wear at night. What are the Do uniforms anyway, Tony? Do you know? know? I don't know. Do you care? No. And, of course, on Sunday, race fans. Right. What do we have on Sunday, race fans? Uh, we have the Titans and the and the in in Baltimore, a precursor the to the London Fog. Two teams with horrendous offenses, by the way. Yeah, the country the country that has brought us such great stars as James Terry Grant, James Mason, David Niven, Glennis Johns, Ray Meland, and I think maybe the biggest star that came out of the UK. And you bow your head when you say her name. The wonderful, the exciting, the fabulous Julie Andrews. Mary I, I've got a, hey, I not only do I have somebody better than Julie Andrews, I have somebody named Julie better than Julie Andrews. Julie Christie. Julie Christie from yeah. England? Yeah. Yes. She's still with us. Yeah, she's still with you. How about if we can get? Well, you wouldn't care. You want he, Shirley? He wants Jones. his birthday in December. He wants his. He wants, hey, hey, John, John, hey, John, I got news for you. This dude wants his birthday in November. His birthday celebration. So you okay. you don't think this? You think you really believe Tony? Shirley if I Jones. give him a seventy five percent chance of landing Shirley Jones, he's going to say, 
No, I want to have the birthday party in November, and maybe Beano will come. Hey, Bill, have a good one. 865-200-5402. You have a lot to think about. You better come with a better call tomorrow if you call in. (laughs) So uh, 865-200-5402. By the way, John, you said head on a, what did you say? Swivel. Swivel. Buzz Peterson, shout out Ben Zorio, used to say head on a swizzle. (laughs) <laughs> I knew you'd like that. And so we always talk about keep your head on a swizzle. Do you think uh, Jeremy Pruitt would say head on a swizzle? Oh, Brian, very, you, very much so if he knew what a swizzle was. Brian, do you remember head on a swizzle? Do you remember that? Yeah, I think, yeah, That's I do. so great. And you just see a, a giant head on this little on a, bitty. Swizzle. The Swizzle. Swizzle. Bro show. On a swizzle. That's back in the slip and bro show. Do a little Buzz Peterson for John Adams here. I'll call. I'll call. Awesome, Wallace. We're going to do the slip and bro show. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job and fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. 
Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Football season is here, and that means tailgating starts now. Come see us at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard and let us help you get your backyard game ready. We are open Monday through Friday from 7 to 7 and on Saturday from 8 to 4. Go Vols! Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. I am Jack Blackstone. I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. So I've got about 45 to play because i um, taking care of some business this afternoon. Because you got to keep the lights on, you know what I'm saying? That's sort of how this thing works. Tomorrow we're live at Calhoun's on the River. Tonight we are recording another award-winning edition uh, this afternoon, I'm going to take care of business, a little business meeting. Tonight, I'm practicing some music. Tonight, I'm working on the blog. Tonight, I'm doing uh, Winners and Losers, presented by our friends at Miller Lite. And, uh, but other than that, not a lot going on in my world. The great John Adams is in the hunting in the mix with us today. Do you think you spread yourself too thin sometimes? No. I'm loving every minute of it. I'm I'm a lot better busy than not busy. I'm I'm much better covered up. If I am not super busy, I'm prone to getting like depressed in my feels, in my head. Much function much better going fast. Let's go back to the phones and we'll get our next call in on our TLD logistics hotline. It's allergy. It's allergy time in Tennessee. We're all and we're all the better for it. Hello and welcome in. <clears throat> Excuse me. What, what, what award did we win for for the podcast? Oh, we're award winning, brah. Um, the Titanic Award at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably the, that's probably appropriate. Yes. <laughs> um, I want to call. I'm 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 headed out on vacation actually. So while you're busy, I'm about to. 
they're not even. Hey, good for you, man. Everybody needs everybody needs a day away, and everybody needs a holiday, brother. So I hope you have a good restful. And listen, turn your phone off and no betting on your vacation, okay? Trust me, it actually, it's, I'm about to be out of range here in about 30 minutes. and Nice. It's not even worth turning on anyway, so it, nice. it, it'll be nice. Um, but I did hear just a couple things real quick. I wasn't going to call, but just a couple of things that I was listening on the way up here. Yep. The first thing, um, the pro football focus stuff has actually gotten a lot better. Um, they, they knew they had a lot of holes in the stuff they were putting out when they first started doing it, and they have done a lot of they have put in a lot of effort in trying to make that thing better and, and it's like any sort of like analytic or statistic like there's you've got to kind of take some stuff with a grain of salt and you can match it up with like the eye test to see if it's actually worth something or not um, I, I mean even like the basic stats that we're all used to seeing for years and years and decades like your basic I call them baseball card stats like your basic counting stats like even those things come with with caveats, right? I mean, you can look and see somebody's thrown for so many yards and so many touchdowns, but you've got to go back and look at who they played, like all that kind of stuff, too. So I don't think pro football focus is any different. It's actually gotten a lot better. Some of the stuff you kind of got to, yeah, take with a grain of salt, but some of it is actually really good. So I wouldn't totally just discount some of the stuff that they're doing because some of it is actually good work. Okay. What's the next point? Next thing is the, a, the this thing about A&M, like, I don't – there's this idea that they're just going to go in there and be completely checked out. Um, I, I don't buy it. Like, I said this the other day, they've got one one league loss. They have just probably a higher probability of making it to Atlanta than we do. Um, I don't think they're going to come in here just checked out. Now, I think, I think there's more to the fact that they can physically be beaten up after coming off of the Alabama game than there is that they're mentally checked out of this thing. Like, I'm not buying that. I don't think they're going to come into Neyland in the prom, you know, the CBS game of the week and roll over because they lost to Bama last week. Like, what if they actually come in focused and backs against the wall thinking, okay, we can't lose another game. That wouldn't be good. And we correct, we correct some of the mistakes that we make in the game we should have won last week. What if they do that instead? That wouldn't be good. They don't think we're on, exactly. So, you know, I, I just I discount this notion that they're just going to be, well, we're, we lost to Bama, our season's over, and we're checked out. Because they can actually still make it to Atlanta. They just got to win out, and then they need Bama, they need Bama to lose. My context was, and what I said is, if you get a couple scores early on them and you get up early on them, you could check them out. That, that's what I said. But I, I didn't say they would come in. I didn't say they would come in checked out. I do think, though, like John was saying, physical ability, they are very scary. I mean, if we're honest about it, but somehow, I looked at the AP rankings, that means anything. AP rankings, I mean, you know. They're 36th in America with the roster they have coming into the game this weekend. I just find that heartily weird, man. They're way better than that. Yeah, because power ratings, they're like a top 15 team. Yeah. This is two top 15 teams from, like, if you're just looking at power ratings. So, yeah, they're, I, don't, I don't get the AP voters and how they vote sometimes. Like, some of that stuff doesn't make much sense. Like, uh, some of these teams that drop out and some of these teams that slot up in, uh, they, they should definitely be a top 20. They're definitely a top 25 team, but I, mean, I understand they got two losses. And that's know. why, like, with, that's why when you look at that line, people go, well, if they're really 36 in Tennessee's, like really whatever they are in the fifth top uh, 18, 19, why in the line more? Well, the reason is when they power rate both teams, they're right next to each other, and that's Tennessee gets three right. points for the home field. 
Exactly. Yeah, they're really pretty close. Yeah. But well, like I said, and I wasn't even referring to you. I just I keep hearing this a lot. Yeah. That that they're just they're going to be out of it. Like they're they're going to show up and just not get off the bus. I just I don't, I don't think that's going to be the case with them. Like I still have big time issues with their coaching and that kind of stuff. And I am I was talking to a friend of mine last night. What I'm really curious with this game is because I think it would benefit A and M to have an offensive game plan to kind of slow this thing down to help out their quarterback um, in this game. And I'm wondering if that that's kind of up Jimbo's alley what he wants to do. That's not what Petrino wants to do. So. I'm kind of curious to see what their offensive game plan is in this and if they have any sort of clash and, and how they're approaching this. Great question for John. John, what do they do? Because they don't have a great offensive line. It's hard for them to run the ball. This Johnson guy kind of scares me. I told you this on Friday when he runs with the ball because he uh, he exposes himself. So do, do you think, John, they try to slow the game down here a little bit or do they play fast? What do you think they do? Um, I, I think one of the things about Bobby Petrino as an offense coordinator, and maybe it's too big an assumption to think this is that Bobby, this is totally Bobby Petrino's call. How much will Jimbo influence him? Jimbo might be more inclined to do that. I just think Bobby Petrino. You look at his history; he's won with all kinds of different teams, different quarterbacks, and I don't see how he could. How he could let you look at what happened last week, and A&M's offensive line was overrun, and it had Max Johnson throwing off his back foot all afternoon. Tennessee leads the nation in sacks per game, so you would think more of the same is coming. So how is Bobby Petrino go, going to counter that with his experience and his expertise? I would think he would have a game plan. His game plan to me would be how can I help Max Johnson in this situation? And whatever that might be, that would be the game plan because that's how you win with your quarterbacks now. And you can't win if the same thing happens to you this week that happened in College Station last week where Alabama's pass rush is just teeing off. I mean, he he did. I'm surprised he even lasted the game. He's You're right, though. He does. Max Johnson doesn't mind taking a hit. He'll hang in the pocket, and when he runs, he can be pretty reckless. He 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 goes for the yardage. He sells out all the time. But you got to protect him. So I would think Texas A&M would want to try and, and, and Petrino would want to try and run the ball a little more. Uh, and and he couldn't run the ball against a uh, against Alabama. Maybe it can against Tennessee. But I would try and come up with some some run plays designed to that that might be a little different and uh, that can might maybe make this offense go because you just can't expose Max Johnson the same kind of pass rush that you did last week. Yeah, and, and I think that's what I'm. See, if I'm in him, I'm afraid if they get into a fast pace, any sort of type of shootout where where Tennessee defensive front can 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 tee off and A&M is in trouble. So Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's been very, very clear, like, through the first part of A&M season, that Petri- it's Petrino's offense that they're running. Like, they're, it's not Jimbo. He's turned it over to Petrino. Now, Petrino has no call in, in whether or not they're punting the ball or going for it on fourth down or any of that kind of stuff. Um, but I, I'm just I'm curious how they're going to play this. But 
I'm kind of starting to more the week is going on. I'm kind of starting to side with Tennessee here a little bit. But I just don't think that a and is going to roll over like some people think they are just because they lost to Bama. But anyway, Tony, I love you, man. Y'all have a good show tonight. See you, brother. We will carry on in your absence on winners and losers. And have a great vacation. And do, do yourself a favor and uh, unplug. What was it Timothy Leary used to say, John? T- drop out. Tune in and drop out. Now, how do you tune in? Tune, and dro- no, was it tune up? No, it was tune in and drop out. Yeah. Have you seen uh, what Gary Danielson said about Nealon? No, hit it. He said it's just about the same as other SEC stadiums. <laughs> it was in a piece that was written, I think, on ESPN or He's somewhere. such a jerk. No, Adam. Adam Adam's Okay. Okay. And I'm sorry, apologies, Adam. It said uh, that he's not, he doesn't think it's as big as a home field advantage as other, as other places. He goes, it's not a criticism, just an observation. It has nothing to do with Neyland per se or any other stadium, but home field advantage is about the same every week, whether you're playing in Ole Miss, LSU, Florida, and the Swamp or Georgia. For a football player, loud is loud. I don't know if it makes any difference if there's 80,000 loud people or 100,000 loud it's, people. It's no wonder the Lions have sucked for a million years when he's one of the best quarterbacks in the history of their deal. This is a guy who well, can't believe in momentum. This is a guy that has the emotional intelligence of a snail. No offense. He was he goes, Bad, John. Well, he wasn't putting down the Tennessee crowd. He was generalizing and saying all SEC crowds. I assume he meant means sons uh, Vanderbilt. All SEC crowds make a difference. They're loud and they cause problems. Uh, but I, I don't, I don't buy that. I think some crowds are louder than others. Uh, not just with you know from one school to the next, but one uh, from one game to the next. Uh, in Neyland Stadium That's right. now. That's right. It's a different Neyland Stadium than it was five years ago. It was a different Neyland Stadium. And think about this. The last time Texas A&M came to Neyland Stadium, 2020, last game of the year, there Tennessee's in the dying, dying days of Jeremy Pruitt. COVID is in place. It's a fraction of capacity crowd. It was a walk in the park. And A&M responded accordingly, ended up winning nine of ten games. But it'll be a completely different atmosphere. And I still think, I just think Neyland Stadium now is different than it used to be. It reminds me more of Neyland Stadium during that championship run in 1998 when the crowd became an integral part of the game. And you saw it against Arkansas, or you heard it against Arkansas, wild, man. and you heard it against Florida in those cliffhanger games. I think, John, were you on the sidelines when that fumble happened? Because I was. I was in the press box in those days, and back then we used to all get out on the field, like, right there at the end of the game. And when Arkansas fumbled that ball, I was right in the middle of that. And it's almost like the crowd then almost willed that to happen. It was kind of a spitting rainy day, and... uh I'm going to coin a phrase here, but I think when it comes to crowds, I think time and place matters. And I think where hunger meets expectations, you better watch out when you're on the road playing like in a place like Knoxville. 
Yeah, and I'm not saying for sure Tennessee's fans base will be like that Saturday. Yeah, but it's it consistently will be. it's consistently been like yeah, that. It will be uh, even even for the South Carolina game. I mean, the South Carolina game certainly is not what you would call a big game, a pivotal game. Yep. Tennessee should have won. But, Tony, I was in the press box for the Arkansas game, too, and you talked earlier about desperation. And that, to me, is what that was in the fan base. I mean, it's one thing to scream loud. It's another thing to scream desperately. Yep. And, that, and that stadium full of Tennessee fans saw its hopes and dreams of a national championship slipping away. Now it's conceivable Tennessee with one loss could have still played for the national title. But in that moment, that's what those fans were experiencing. And they responded. I mean, I I thought the stadium was shaking. It was incredible. I mean, and it was, I was absolutely I incredible. I started working. I was working on an Arkansas wins call. Mm. And then that fumble came and Wild. everything changed dramatically. TLD Logistics Overdrive Overtime is coming up. To the radio listener, this is going to be our offering for the day. I hope you have a wonderful day. I want to say uh, go to my sillies tonight, hoping to close out the Braves, but who knows. My prediction is Braves in five. I'm staying on that until I'm proven otherwise. We'll see you at Calhoun's on the River tomorrow. It's going to be an incredible day.